Chapter Twenty Nine of Marriage, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Patty Cunningham. Marriage, Volume One by Susan Edmonstone Ferrier. Chapter Twenty Nine. Unthought of frailties cheat us in the wise. The fool lies hid in inconsistencies. Pope such were the female members of the family to whom mary was about to be introduced in her mother's heart she had no place for of her absent husband and neglected daughter she seldom thought and their letters were scarcely read and rarely answered even good miss grizzy's elaborate epistle in which were curiously entwined the death of her brother and the birth and christening of her grandnephew in a truly gordian manner remained disentangled had her ladyship only read to the middle of the seventh page she would have learned the indisposition of her daughter with the various opinions thereupon but poor miss grizzy's labours were in vain for her letter remains a dead letter to this day mrs douglas was therefore the first to convey the unwelcome intelligence and to suggest to the mind of the mother that her alienated daughter still retained some claims upon her care and affection and although this was done with all the tenderness and delicacy of a gentle and enlightened mind it called forth the most bitter indignation from lady juliana she almost raved at what she termed the base ingratitude and hypocrisy of her sister-in-law after the sacrifice she had made in giving up her child to her when she had none of her own it was a pretty return to send her back only to die but she saw through it she did not believe a word of the girl's silliness that was a trick to get rid of her now they had a child of their own they had no use for hers but she was not to be made a fool of in such a way and by such people etc etc if mrs douglas is so vile a woman said the provoking lady emily the sooner my cousin is taken from her the better you don't understand these things emily returned her aunt impatiently what things the trouble and annoyance it will occasion me to take charge of the girl at this time why at this time more than any other absurd my dear how can you ask so foolish a question don't you know that you and adelaide are both to bring out this winter and how can i possibly do you justice with a dying girl upon my hands i thought you suspected it was all a trick continued the persecuting lady emily so i do i haven't the least doubt of it the whole story is the most improbable stuff i ever heard then you will have less trouble than you expect but i hate to be made a dupe of and imposed upon by low cunning if mrs douglas had told me candidly she wished me to take the girl i would have thought nothing of it but i can't bear to be treated like a fool i don't see anything at all unbecoming in mrs douglas's treatment then what can i do with a girl who has been educated in scotland she must be vulgar all scotchwomen are so they have red hands and rough voices they yawn and blow their noses and talk and laugh loud and do a thousand shocking things then to hear the scotch brogue oh heavens i should expire every time she opened her mouth perhaps my sister may not speak so very broad kindly suggested adelaide in her sweetest accents you are very good my love to think so but nobody can live in that odious country without being infected with its patois i really thought i should have caught it myself and mr douglas no longer henry became quite gross in his language after living amongst his relations this is really too bad cried lady emily indignantly if a person speaks sense and truth 
what does it signify how it is spoken and whether your ladyship chooses to receive your daughter here or not i shall at any rate invite my cousin to my father's house and snatching up a pen she instantly began a letter to mary lady juliana was highly incensed at this freedom of her niece but she was a little afraid of her and therefore after some sharp altercation and with infinite violence done to her feelings she was prevailed upon to write a decently civil sort of letter to mrs douglas consenting to receive her daughter for a few months firmly resolving in her own mind to conceal her from all eyes and ears while she remained and to return her to her scotch relations early in the summer this worthy resolution formed she became more serene and awaited the arrival of her daughter with as much firmness as could reasonably have been expected End of chapter 29 Recording by Patty Cunningham